0: Hi, and welcome to the second season of the Warfare in Conversation podcast. This time, I'm joined by friends, who in relaxed conversation will walk us through spells of creativity, hardship, and what it takes to live a fulfilled life. As always, my deepest thanks extend to everyone who support Warfare, both on and offline, through purchasing the fruits of my own creativity and of all the incredible Warfare artists. And for now, enjoy the episode. For today's episode, I am joined by a long-standing friend, Sheena. We speak as a couple of first-generation immigrant 10-year-olds who were thrown into the depth of the pool that is Scottish and British culture. And we reflect on getting adjusted to life in Glasgow. Adjusting to school was no walk in the park, but more like navigating the Amazonian jungle. So together with Sheena, we tackle the early days of our friendship and pose the question of, do we swim or do we sink? Hello, Sheena. <laughs> Hello. It's good to have you here. It's good to be here. Well, for today's conversation, we're going to be talking about the first gen. Our journey. Our journey yeah. as first generations. How do you define first generations for yourself? For myself,
1: um, I think just being the first yeah like the first line in your family that's um i guess i just kind of take it at face value the first generation of um people inhabiting a space for the first time and being at the front line of the obstacles and the challenges that um come ahead with that um and depending on you know where you've come from we're obviously going to be sharing our journey so it'll be Mainly, I think, a lot of shared obstacles, but a couple of maybe individual ones as well. Yeah. Yeah. What about you?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I'll mirror what you say uh, in terms of it is being thrown into a new context, right? It is being that first generation to be in a new country, but maybe even more so um, in a new um, almost kind of trying to navigate a new class, Yeah, you know, I feel like, um, being first to maybe go to university in your family and things like that, Yep, these kind of struggles, so thrown into the deep end, thrown in into me. the deep end, I <laughs> yeah. mean, that is a nice metaphor, yeah, for being a first gem, yeah, uh, being thrown into the deep end, yeah, yeah. it kind of feels one. like it, no? Yeah, definitely, <laughs> I think your, all of your primal
1: survival instincts just, um, are quite heightened um, for the first couple of years, if not (laughs) decades. If not decades not your
0: life, who knows, right? And maybe your life, yeah, depending on how traumatized
1: you, (laughs) how much trauma you endure. But, um, yeah, trauma makes you funny,
0: so. Oh, I want to hear more about that. Yeah. Maybe maybe later we can do that. I feel like
1: all comedians (laughs) have definitely had a bit of a traumatic life to be who they are, but,
0: Mm. um, so, yeah. Okay. Well, let's take a step back and let's think about how we met. Yeah. How did we meet? We met
1: in school. Mm-hmm. We um, both started, um, so yeah, I moved from Iran then to Northern Ireland where I lived for a year and a half. And then um, I then moved to Glasgow through my mum who's a nurse who got a job here. Uh, and then you were in Glasgow and we met in a Glaswegian secondary school. Um, and you were how old? When well, when we met, I think I was twelve, eleven, twelve, maybe. Yeah. Um. Because we obviously met early in school, like maybe first or second year, but we didn't actually become friends until maybe like third year. So then yeah. we were like thirteen. Yeah. Um. For people that don't know the Scottish schooling system, um, and then yeah, but when I I came to Glasgow, I was eleven, and yeah, that was. Was what was really the transition
0: intense. like for you coming from Iran into Northern Ireland first?
1: Uh, um, not uh, very, very odd and alien. I think when you're nine, you are still young enough that you have all the um, advantages of like, um, you know, being able to pick up the language really easily without thinking about it, being able to... Um, integrate better than your parents who are probably your closest point of like comparisons for how you're integrating if you don't have siblings which I don't, I know you mm. do um, so you know but then it comes with the negatives of you're also old enough to be really like you're, you're just coming into your own in terms of and that comes with its own set of challenges I think no matter where, wherever you are and then it's like right, okay, so you need to try and figure yourself out you're you're coming to your pre pubescent years into your pubescent years, and now, on top of that, you have to try and navigate a whole new just everything like a whole new culture, a whole new way of life, a whole new society um and yeah, that was rough, that was a hundred percent rough um and I think it's it's I don't know, I don't think we praise ourselves enough as first gens for how far we've come and how much hardship we've endured. Um, Because I think, you know, you, A, a lot of people wouldn't be able to understand where you're coming from and be the people that do understand, you know, and do understand where you're coming from, maybe don't want to be reminded of it or. I don't know, um, so yeah, I definitely feel like it doesn't get celebrated enough, and, um, maybe, hopefully, Mm. we can give a voice to just taking a moment to pause and just celebrate surviving, and, yeah, Yeah. being here, and, um, patting ourselves on the, on the back, to anyone, to anyone who has managed to, like, you know, if you've, if your English is a bit better, if you've only just come here and your English is a bit better now than it was six months ago, amazing. That's such a big achievement. You, you're already, I don't know the stats on bilingual people, but you are more qualified skilled language-wise than a lot of people that are living in the same place as you, you know. Yeah. Um, if you've done something for yourself, for the fir- I know you, for instance, had a lot of challenges with, because um, um, my mum my was a nurse, my dad's a bit, whereas your parents are self-employed business people, so mm-hmm. you had to support them a lot in that, you know. Um, and I think there definitely needs to be more recognition of um, all of this micro work yeah. um, that yeah. goes on behind the scenes. Um, yeah,
0: and I would love to delve into that um, as we progress with the conversation. Yeah. I actually wanted to reflect on even prior to moving to yeah. the UK, I have some reflections myself. Mm. You know, looking back at the nine-year-old, the ten-year-old Olga that was just yeah. about to move with her parents to a new country and her sister. Yeah. Um I was kind of being sold with the idea of this American dream, even mm. though we were going to the UK. Yeah. Which I think is in many ways quite close yeah. in culture. The British dream. The British dream, <laughs> yes. That might be a thing, to be honest. And I remember being really excited for things like school uniforms, which we didn't have in Poland. Yeah. And like having lockers and having this kind of the, the high school that I saw in pop culture. Um, you know, pop culture yeah. coming from the US. Yeah. Uh, which is funny. Then reflecting back on Scotland itself, which I didn't know yeah. existed yeah, before I was told that we're moving there. yeah, um, I was told that people were killed and men were skirts. Yeah. And, you know, I was like, <laughs> what? what? What is yeah. going on in there? Yeah. Where are we going? Yeah.
1: yeah. I actually, I've, um, I've never... That, that reminds me of a funny story of, like, you'll have loads of these as well, but when... Because um, I think it's also important to... No, I think a lot of other countries that come into, like, the Western society um, get taught, like, American English in their schooling systems. So I don't know if that was the same in Poland, but, like, in Iran, for instance, um, took a couple of English lessons just to be able to, like, how I can conversationally generally speak Spanish. I was maybe at that level when I came to the UK. So, you know, the extent of, hello, how are you, my name mm. is, that was it. Um, and then um, you would hear, like, the phrases that, is used more colloquially. Like I remember, we were sitting in primary class in Ireland, and the teacher kept being like, "Right, folks, like we're doing this right." I was like, "Why does he keep referring to us as foxes? That is so <laughs> weird." Like the word "folks" was just. It wasn't until literally years later that I was like, "Oh, this is a whole different word that it just has a different meaning," or like um, even basic words like. so many people would know what I meant when I asked for an eraser because eraser just isn't really a word that's used in like English here it's like rubber
0: Um,
1: which is funny because rubber in America is referred to as condom I think (laughs) Oh, wow. So people like transatlantically yeah. maybe struggle with that word. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know Emma Watson actually talks about that on a show saying that she was asking for rubber in her university at Brown and people were like, "What?" Oh, wow. Um but even just those like they become fun stories later on, but yeah. you know, at the time you're just kind of, you know, not like, "Why why are they not understanding me? Like I,
0: I think I'm saying the right things and um Yeah, yeah. no, I feel like I mean, it, language was the first barrier that yes. I raised, for sure, coming into the UK. Yeah, I actually had German before I left Poland okay. in my school. Yeah, We were at the stage where German was the first language that was taught to students, and then only after they picked up English, oh, which now okay. has shifted. Okay. Now yeah. it's English predominantly, and then other languages yeah. come in at some point, but... Um, I had almost zero exposure to English at that time. In Poland, everything was like dubbed. We didn't have TV that would, you know, um, make me aware that or, or help me learn English sooner yeah. than I did. And then coming into my primary school as well in Scotland, I feel like one of the most, I wouldn't say fond memories, but most vivid memories that I have is coming in on my first day and being bursting to go to the toilet and not being able to say, like, yeah, how do I, yeah, can well, I go sure to the toilet? Is, yeah. Can I Can I do this? Like, how? Yeah. Um, so, you know, these are kind of insane stories, but they are so true. And I think they really shaped myself, for instance, yeah. to, to who I am today. Yeah, for and sure. And even just kind of, like, thinking about my dad leaving me there at that primary school on my first day. Um, and deep down inside of me, I just wanted to run away. like that was what I wanted to do. yeah, but I didn't want to disappoint my dad. Like, yeah. I wanted him to feel like I'm' brave You're enough, thriving. I'm, You're I'm being strong a enough girl, yeah. yeah I'm a, you know am big ten year old and I can do it. I yeah. can, you know I can stay there and I can be uh, thriving, even though I had no English. yeah I don't know if you have any similar
1: yeah i don't really actually um remember my first day at school in um in ireland but i um i mean i had a really difficult time in school and uh i i don't I, you know i it's i i don't think that i feel like there needs to be a separate branch of like I don't know, therapy or counselling that just deals with people that have the same stories that we mm. do. Um, I am so fortunate that I have like the best network around me, family, friends and um and now I'm in a position like if I want to seek professional help, I can sometimes seek professional help. Um and not with anything that was like overtly traumatizing, but I think when you are a first generation, there's so many things that happen on a micro level that accumulate and lead to, you know, um, you and it manifests maybe in like depression or anxiety or just struggles, you know, Mm -hmm. and you can't quite put your finger on it. And, um, I think maybe the frustrating thing is you don't really know, um, why you're struggling or like why there's, why there's issues because it'll be random things that tip you over the edge. Mm. And I think when you actually look into... um, I mean, I mean, anyone, regardless of whether they're first generation or not, when you look into your life and you see the things that you've had to cope with, then it all starts to sort of make a little bit of sense. Um, but, yeah, sort of going back to the question of... Um, I, well, there's... there's <laughs> Depends depends what way you want to go. Do we want to go funny or do we want to go, like, sad? Because if we want to go funny, then... I remember when I was in Ireland, because um, I think we were like the first cohort of Iranians that really like inhabited Northern Ireland, Mm -hmm. I don't think I'd ever seen anything from like the Middle East, to the extent that suddenly, like quite a lot of us were going over there. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, I was one of like the first Iranian kids at that primary school. And they started to get more and more enrolled. And so my English in a way was a little bit better just because I'd settled for a bit longer. So they would use me as like the interpreter. So there was, I remember there was this new uh, boy who was maybe like a, a couple of years. Um, so I was like primary f- six, five, six, he was primary three. And the teacher called me in to like interpret for him. And, um, and he was, you know, the teacher was asking me things and I didn't quite know what she was asking me. Mm-hmm. So then I would make I would just but I, I must have been too proud as like a ten year old to just admit I don't understand her. So I just would make up whatever she said to the boy and then he would give me a reply and um and I wouldn't know how to translate what he said back to the teacher. <laughs> so I was like, Oh, he doesn't know and, and she <laughs> and she looked so shocked at me. She was just looking at me this whole time, just really like <laughs> confused and she would say something again, and, like, I would, you know, interpret gibberish, and then he would give me a total valid response, and I'd be like, yeah, no, he doesn't know that either, <laughs> so I think, I made I made the poor boy sound so bad, I made him sound like he was, you know, um, potentially intellectually challenged, <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, um, there's, um, yeah, school was, schooling was difficult, I think. I didn't, um, I didn't enjoy it, there was too many challenges, and then when you're different, what, what happens when you're young, you get bullied, so. Um, but I I don't remember my first days on either one of the schools vividly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah,
0: one thing, one thing I just remembered I wanted to ask, what was your parents' reason for moving? I don't think we ever explored that, did we? Um, so t- 2000 I was going to say 20 something it was 2006 yeah 2005 maybe even when yeah. Poland entered the um free movement free trades and free movement of labor okay as part of the EU right and all of a sudden we were able to go and work everywhere including the UK when oh, when the UK okay. was still in the EU right yeah. um my dad previously had worked for a number of years in sweden doing okay. similar things yeah. to what he was doing here and he's doing here and he was always really keen he was the driving force behind wanting to move out of poland mm-hmm. he was like enchanted and just in love with the west and um, he went to the us before he, he went to sweden he came mm-hmm. to the uk and he was always drawn into that part of the world yeah and and he also always told the stories about growing up watching all sorts of and listening even to music and watching american the um, american dream the american dream was in his head ever since he was little and he took that upon us to to provide us with a with a different life yeah um so that was his dream i think yeah we followed that dream um So that, that was the, the primary reason the we story were, that a lot yeah. of people resonate yeah. with. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Wanting a better life, wanting... And f- for you fun. guys? Yeah, I think same. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't feel like there was much um, progression at the time um, if we were to stay where we were. So um, we, we moved um, in hopes of a better life. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, here we are. We compromised great weather and mm. <laughs> um great culture and you know closeness and like family support like mm-hmm. when i was in iran i used to get dropped off my grandmom's home every day after school and uh, she lived like five minutes of walking distance from our house and um we lived uh, like you know 20 minute walking distance from like our other auntie's house and it was just all very close-knit and mm. um which is you know i I, well, I guess the whole world is kind of slowly moving away from that model sadly of everyone being quite close um which is a shame because like my mum didn't really ever have any childcare issues like mm. i was just always at my grand's house but um but yeah um the the, the the that was all compromised for what was thought to be the bigger gift of
0: um you know a better life better quality better progression do you ever think about what would your life look like had hadn't you moved here? That's uh, mm, a good
1: question. No, I don't actually. I don't think I could cope. I think, um, well, right now in Iran, things are very tumultuous, as anyone who uh, remotely follows the news would know. Mm. Um, there was uh, we actually just passed the one year anniversary of um a girl called Masa Amini's death, who was um, an Iranian girl who basically um for due to quote unquote bad hijab was um taken over by the police and essentially um died in their care. Um mm-hmm. and that started an uprising of um, you know, women and the um and the movement of um Zan Azadiz which is like woman life freedom mm-hmm. um, and so I don't think and so many women as a consequence have died in protest like following her um, a lot of like, girls my age uh, even younger than me um, just with with the way that the regime is so um, you know it, it sounds really sobering to think and to say but I could have easily been one of those um,
0: mm-hmm. people so
1: mm-hmm. um yeah I feel really fortunate that i um i'm I'm able to have that freedom now i mm-hmm. guess um, it makes it even more um, you know it's something i think sometimes it's hard to practice you don't know what you have until you lose it mm. and but when you have the reminders kind of like a mirror it it makes it a lot more sobering and brings it a lot more home uh,
0: what about you do you think about what your life i mean i did I've asked that question multiple times in my throughout my life, and uh, I mean, one one point that I wanted to touch on is our sort of academic journeys and, you know, how we managed to kind of get to where we're at. And I always thought to myself, would I have the same opportunity or would I be in a position to take all these opportunities yeah. and that I got to experience well in Scotland and England and whatnot? Um, and I I do feel like Scotland has given me so much that I don't think I could get in Poland. Mm. I feel like it's opened my eyes and my horizons to, to the world as well. It was almost like this door towards other cultures. Yeah. You know, meeting people like you that I would have never in a million years met not... For sure not at such a young age, which oh, was like so a shame that I movement. know it would have been such a shame. <laughs> I genuinely don't know what my life would be like. Yeah, because I um I mean we both know how much we shaped each other's lives as yeah, well. Yeah, absolutely. Like holding hands almost, uh, going through different struggles. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I gen. I, yeah, I I do. I mean, obviously, life would have been very different. Yeah. But I'm very grateful. I think that that's the bottom line. Is yeah. Is it's gratitude for for being in this country
1: yeah and I think you know being here has definitely come with its own set sort of challenges and we still have challenges we still um like I'm a junior doctor and one thing that's very um dominant in the news uh, news cycle at the moment is um you know our strikes and how we're fighting for better pay and the healthcare system here And, um, I think, you know, it's, I'm finally at a point where I think, I I don't know if you struggle with this as well. Like, I feel like as first generations, you're almost, um, you just feel like anytime anyone gives you the time of day or any opportunity, you have to be overly grateful and you have to like, you know, it's, it's that, it's that mentality of, oh gosh, like, you know, maybe you don't feel quite as deserving of certain mm. things. I've, I've, I I've think when I look back, I didn't notice it at the time, but a lot of the things that I have worked hard for and I have achieved, I've put down to, like, other sources and other factors and haven't really, you know, been like, no, no, I, I did that, so mm-hmm. that's okay. Like, I'm allowed to have that because I worked for that. Like, it wasn't... But you just feel like, oh, my gosh, thank-. you know what I mean? Like, you yeah. just feel like you have to be... Um, so grateful for anything that is even thrown your way and just be content with it and not ask for any more. And I feel like finally I'm getting to an uh, like established enough point in terms of coming to terms with who I am and having integrated my past with my present that it's like I'm so grateful for the opportunities that we have, like you said, and so glad that our life has turned out the way it has. But it's okay to want more and mm. to ask for what you deserve and to work for what you deserve, um, you don't have to settle just because you come from a more difficult background, you know? Yeah. Um, you can keep striving and striving and ask for better change. And I think that's one of the other reasons my life would maybe not have been as um, fulfilled had I been anywhere else where, um, I mean, ev- everywhere has corruption, but at least here there's... That element of democracy where you can be like, no, I, we're going to ask for better. Mm-hmm. We're going to ask for, like, we deserve better. Everyone does, like, you know, th- everyone deserves to have um, the best in this context care, quality mm-hmm. of care, mm-hmm. grasping the issues, figuring out how it is that we can provide that. Um, and yeah, I feel like, um, I, I don't, I, anecdotally, I feel like as first generations, maybe we are afraid to stand up for ourselves um speak up and um work and ask for more not work for more i think we're willing to work for more Mm. but maybe we feel like we should it's gonna get taken away from us
0: so it's that fear mentality maybe Mm. um i don't know yeah i mean settle settling settlement with anything is like a key word for me in my life yeah and that's only in the last sort of year or two that i came to terms with understanding that i do settle for very little Mm. a lot of the times in the sense of oh no well i've got this far so i'm happy to just be here be a bit more comfortable and just take what's you know been given to me by whether it's you know through my work just through that or through. The opportunities chances maybe lack or whatever else that plays part in it and not seek out more and mm-hmm. I think there is a learning curve in terms of and i don't know if it's part of just in my personality or maybe it is that yeah you know all of the all of those first gens kind of mentality yeah. and I think it's like it's important to emphasize that if you don't have you
1: don't have to keep striving like if you're happy mm-hmm. that's different from settling mm-hmm. like a lot of people won't you know will be um I don't know, will get to a certain point in their career and they'll be happy. They'll have... That's different to me, I think, from settling. That's not the point we're making. Like, if if you've got to a point and you're content and you're like, yep, this will do, that is different from what we're talking about. What we're talking about is when you, in your heart of hearts, you desire this thing, but you feel Mm -hmm. like actually that's out with my reach, I'll never get there, yeah. like, I'm not like those people, Um, who am I to want to want this thing, i forget about it, I'll just, you know, and, and in fact, I might lose my position in whatever realms of life it is, so you just kind of are like, you push it to the side and you forget about it, that's, that's
0: I think, settling. I think that's kind but, of like your classic imposter, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: I don't know, I had, a, I had an interesting conversation with, um, um, with a friend of mine who is a therapist and she said that um she uh, doesn't like the labeling of imposter because you know um i think sometimes people i think some sometimes people label imposter and it's and, and it becomes and, and it becomes quite a paralyzing thing because i think if you are new to something and you're just getting to grips with it everyone struggles with that right like so i feel like yeah um, but when that takes on a chronic form and mm. over a long time, you feel like you can't be who you want to be, then yeah, that's a bit like
0: yeah. you're, you feel like an imposter and you're not, mm-hmm. you're not. Mm-hmm. I wanted to touch on a little bit about our school yeah. and sort of the trajectory um, of navigating our high school years and then moving on to university and now we're both sort of professionals working in very different industries yeah but it's I feel like you know the core trajectory was very similar for both of us and I wonder if you have any reflections in around navigating that um I for instance feel like Yes, there was a pressure of me being that first gen and having all these opportunities and is it, it's kind of down to me to take them. But on the other side, my parents openly were quite happy for me to just, I mean, they've, they even told us that as long as you guys settle in, you grasp the language to a certain level where you can communicate and maybe you find a decent enough job, we would be more than fulfilled with, you know, Th- how the situation evolved. We were moving here. There was zero expectations for us to go to university, for instance. Mm. Um, and and it and I feel like I strive on that freedom. Mm. Like I think if yeah. they were to tell me go and study, you know, every night, and you need because yeah. you need to achieve certain profession or yeah. our ambition or whatever. I think I would just go the opposite way. Yeah. Yeah, i, wonder if you I totally agree with that
1: i um i to to kind of really generally summarize um my schooling journey i um i was i had to, but well me and you became friends kind of towards like later in school but earlier like first second third year in school I really really struggled self-esteem self-confidence and I was bullied and I literally had no friends some of my lunch times I spent having my lunch I would get the tray and then I would have it in like um one of the toilet cubicles in school because I had no one to sit with and like kids just didn't like me and um I used to um I'm closest with my one of my aunts who lives in Canada, so I would speak with her on the phone and she was like my um my charity therapist and <laughs> would just talk me through like you know my um my struggles and um she was just kind of like okay right I just need you to become like the best student in your school. Um let's face it, you're you're not making any friends, but you're there in school for an education. So just concentrate on that. I want when I come there and I say, who's the smartest person in the school? Like I've just landed off the plane and they just point me to you. They don't even know you. Don't even have to be from your year. And I think I just had so little to lose, you know, I had no other distractors because I had no friends. Um that I just I just I just took her words and I like was like, Yeah, okay, ultimate focus, here we go. And that just I just fell into this momentum of like starting to like be like okay actually like this whole education thing what's it about and all these classes right let's try and figure it out and okay and then this momentum of studying and doing well and and then would that would fuel me to do better and do better and do better and I didn't really think beyond that that I just my my goal was to essentially I think looking back it was to achieve my potential but at the time it was like I want to be the best that I can be Mm -hmm. and um and my you know my mum was always very much like i would ask her like oh do you want me to do this do you want me to do that um and she was just like i i I, I like in the most sincere and um, kind way i don't care what you become as long as you're happy mm. you could be um you could be a professor you could be a plumber you could be a teacher you could be a hairdresser whatever is going to make you feel fulfilled and happy whereas my dad was a bit more like um i, I guess paternalistic Mm. he's 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 a father (laughs) he is paternal and um he anytime i felt any sort of um redirection shall we say from him like i said like you should maybe do this you should maybe do that that's when i felt a bit of a um rebellion or a bit of a oh you know i I don't want to do what you said so i i think um i totally agree you need to well i don't know if you need to but obviously it's been the case for the two of us where um you know freedom to be who we want to be Mm -hmm. um has allowed us to um slowly you know find ourselves and try different molds. um so i don't know if there's any parents listening Mm -hmm. (laughs) then um it's hard though like neither of us are parents so obviously we don't we don't really know what the right answer is and the more you grow up the more you realise actually your parents were just like all they were just trying to do the best with what they had and what they knew at the time but um I think it's hard to find that balance but giving just just reassurance I suppose reassurance to um anyone who is in our position a younger version of us that um you can be who you want to be we still love you we're still here just go and discover the world um
0: yeah, I mean, I am no parent, and yeah. I have no parenting experience. No. But it feels like, to me, being a child. So there's, obviously, there's Simba. There's there's there's, there's yeah yeah, yeah you've got fam- you've got a nephew <laughs> yeah. Family's it's a bit family. furry, but <laughs> that's true. And that's a good actually. It's a good observation. It's a good yeah. step, stepping sort of stone to to um parenthood as well. Yeah. I feel like Simba's as a, a parent, dog, by the way,
1: just for anyone listening, and wandering.
0: Simba's a dog. Yeah, he is it's almost like it's best to observe your child mm-hmm. and understand who that particular person is yeah. and how that particular person will respond to a certain yeah. way of parenting. Um, because, yeah, there's no one simple way, right, I think. But, yeah, I mean, let's, let's not dive into that. Topic. No. <laughs> maybe for another episode. Maybe for another episode, yeah. But on a more, maybe, positive... We'll get a parent. <laughs> yeah, I think we need an expert hundred uh, percent. Um on a more positive note, I wonder if you have any funny stories to tell us in terms of being that first gen, maybe interacting with your parents. For instance, I feel like my first ever job was an interpreter, which I think a lot of you know, yeah. first gens would resonate with. My parents coming here, they had bare kind of minimum of English. Yeah. Um and as soon as I picked up some level of English, I was yeah. all of a sudden the family a lawyer, a, like doctor, <laughs> literally Tax, like person, ta- literally everything, right? Yeah. Like from from the silliest to the biggest things. Yeah. You know, at the age of twelve or thirteen, and what do I know? Yeah. And you know what? I have stories like like you do with yeah. that poor, uh, poor boy from your <laughs> school, but it was on my parents' side yeah. where I'm like. I know what they're saying. It can they translate. sent him to a special special school. <laughs> as a result, no, I'm joking. They didn't. Well, oh gosh, I hope he's doing fine. But uh, well. yeah. he's thriving somewhere.
1: But yeah, um,
0: it's funny to
1: reflect on. Yeah, you, know, you like... probably have more stories than me because I didn't really have to. Mm-hmm. Um, because my uh, well, my mum, as I said, she you know she was a nurse, so she was just interacting in her day to day job with her colleagues. And in fact, the reason why we initially were in Ireland was because just um you know a, a lot of immigrants were familiar with um the IELTS exam that's the English exam you have to do before you kind of um come into a working capacity in the UK um and so they had to kind of have that prerequisite of that being at a really acceptable level and mm-hmm. um, so I think my my parents I didn't have to do as much interpreting for them um as you had to but um uh but, yeah, that's valuable life skills, though, because I'm, I'm just trying to get, like, to bearings with, fuck, like, all the stuff that you will have had to deal with, like, you know, bills and I mean, yeah, calling insurance and, companies. Exactly. Calling, and calling, calling the doctors. And you're already
0: a pro. It's funny because, um, yeah, as a, as a child, rather than me going, you know, asking my mum to call the doctor she would be the one asking, asking me. You. And then I yeah. kind of... I was kind of assuming a parent role. Yeah. Yeah, which is... Shift which, yeah, I mean, dynamics. kind of, like, shifted the dynamics. And I feel like now being an adult, they are... Those things are just second nature to me. It's yeah. like, I don't question it. Which I'm grateful for. Yeah. But I do question whether, you know, at such a young age, should the child be exposed to so much kind of responsibility?
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like it's one of these things that's probably just, like... It'll bring out different traits and different people. Yeah. Um, and just the same way that like, you know, um, unrelated, but some people work really close to a deadline. Like you'll mm-hmm. if the deadline's in the ninth of a month, you'll be doing everything on the eighth, like staying up till five a.m. and submitting things to last minute. Yeah. And other people that would crumble them because they have to have a structure
0: and do things slowly. So, I mean, there was a few other things that kind of. are stuck in my head things and silly things like how do you pronounce your surname
1: or Uh, yeah
0: you know oh where's your accent from (laughs) yeah oh my god
1: my my name like um it's it's spelt like china but it's pronounced sheena um and so just would dread the day that you would get a substitute teacher and they'd pronounce your name wrong but we went to a really like diverse school like we went to um, uh, like technically it's classified I think as a socio-economically slightly more deprived school mm-hmm. and so we had a lot of kids from all kinds of different backgrounds and uh, my name would just be one of many that would get featured yeah. by the teachers so in that way there was you know um uh, unity. I mean, yeah, in, that's a... in in that, but um, but yeah, um, I think it's it's when you catch yourself pronouncing your name in in like a British way, and you're like, oh gosh, like
0: I'm forgetting oh, yeah. my
1: roots. I mean, do you know what? I
0: always felt like when we first moved here, the first few years, I would sometimes meet come across a person, a Scottish person with a Polish name, maybe dating back from, like, the Second World War or whatnot. Yeah. And it would be, like, Englishified, scottish I don't know. Like, you know, when you take off the accents and then you add a Y instead of this and that. And I'm just looking at it and I'm, like, why, right? How did that happen? Or if you pronounce it in the way that it was intended, like, Polish, like, actually, yes, it's this. Yeah. And then I catch myself for very f- good few years now yeah. where I generally do the same thing. It's just for simplicity. Yeah. You just cut down the accents, you pronounce it in a very English way. Yeah. Just for the sake of, you know, the respondent, the listener to yeah. have a better, easier. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, like for my
1: like second name, it's um it's it's pronounced like Ardoni in Farsi, but in English like everyone just says Ardani. And like it's such a minute difference but it's so tangible to your ear when you've Mm -hmm. grown up with your name being said a certain way and um and you know I think people have the best intentions I think everyone's trying to get things right we come across names that we don't really know how to pronounce and that's in a that's like a hidden beauty of living in the culture that we do but um yeah that's um that's something that's a recurring
0: it's going to be a recurring thing in Mm -hmm. our life Mm -hmm. I think I mean, sort of wrapping up slowly, there is obviously so much to delve into and we we will be doing more of this, but I wonder how, yeah, sort of trying to tie back to the roots and, you know, we're now talking about language and whatnot, do you feel more British, Scottish, English or Persian? Where do you feel? What is your identity?
1: Yeah, I feel probably like, you probably feel the same. I think we're probably just a fusion, aren't we? Um, I think probably um, more, I don't know. I think this is this is maybe uh, um, part of the reason why maybe this podcast was born so that we can have this niche, this space where... Um, we all sort of like, ha, you know, we, we all we all create and we all cohabit as, um, first gens who now don't totally feel that they're one hundred percent from you know the have have retained their ethnicity of the culture they're from and have all of those things that are a bit more like Britishified or you know, um, you know, Scot scotified. Um, but yeah and um, I think just an, an amalgamation of both mm. and the spectrum yeah I don't know
0: yeah for what me it's you? really interesting because I feel like on a very sort of high level yeah I always feel like oh no I'm so settled here I go back to Poland I don't yeah. feel at home Um but that's kind of where I'm just walking on the streets yeah. and, you know, it's very sort of day-to-day. Yeah. But I catch myself being way more nostalgic and sort of deep-rooted yeah. when, for instance, I listen to Polish music. Yeah. Or I read literature in Polish or... You I kind read of a lot read of Polish books, to be fair, yeah. You know, like yeah. just trying to go back to these roots. Yeah. Um, to like deep history and whatnot. It's, yeah. That's when I feel like, no, no, I'm Polish, you know, I'm from Poland. Yeah. Um. And it's interesting when people ask you, oh, where are you from? It's actually a good question. Like, where do you mean, where did I come from? Because I, I just came from Scotland, you know, yeah. most, most of the time. But where I am from is Poland, yeah. right? That's where and I am And also on that
1: note, like, I know there's a lot of controversy and, like, a lot of, like, um, you know, sketches about when people are like, oh, but where are you from from? Oh, yeah. And I never really, I don't know about you, but I've never minded when people, like, actually mean no. to say, like because i obviously i look quite middle eastern so when people wonder where i'm from i'm quite like proud of the fact that i'm persian and I'm, i i kind of like that they're asking specifically about that because they're obviously i think i think i think if done in a certain way like if you're not trying to um compartmentalize someone into like oh you are different than me you are from this and if you're genuinely like telling your story like you know yeah. um i think most people are quite like receptive to being asked where they're from because I think you can only really get to know someone and get Mm. to get to welcome other cultures and understand more about you know the the society that if you're living in a country like the UK is if you start with questions about how like you know tell me tell me about you like what's your story and that that shows to me that you're curious to get to know me where i come from like my culture and then you'll you know next thing you'll maybe ask about food where i lived and it's like it's the little things that starts to make people more informed so yeah. um so yeah i am um, if asked in the right way i totally welcome when people are yeah. like
0: where are you from. yeah me too i mean when someone asks me where's my accent from yeah i'm more than happy to tell them yeah exactly even though i mean i'm like sometimes playing games and asking people where do you think my accent is from and yeah, they're like, yeah, yeah i have no idea yeah and it's interesting or some people tell me like it's just a random place and i'm like okay i don't know how you arrived at that yeah yeah exactly
1: i mean i think like you know because um there's been a lot of things about i mean there's always something about like racism and discrimination and and all of these things and um you know that's one of the that that's one of the things that I think can get classified as like a microaggression and I definitely do think that when you're trying to make you know a, a, a point to discriminate against someone and, and and you know you can that can be a question that can be phrased in a way that is maybe not so welcoming but yeah mm. like you're right like your accent's different minds is different people are like why is yours so um, I can't quite put it, some people think I'm American, and it's like, well, mm-hmm. actually, I'm from Iran, but, like, before we moved here, I was watching a lot of mm-hmm. American pop culture, so I think my ears just initially got used to that tone of, you know, um, that tonality, and it's, yeah. and it's transferred onto me a little bit, so, um, yeah, yeah, I think well no i
0: appreciate all those questions yeah uh, i appreciate conversations i appreciated this conversation very much me too i mean it is the very top level and there's so much we can delve into and i hope we manage to keep up with it yes um absolutely if um
1: if anyone has thoughts <laughs> or stories um if anyone has any funny like first generation Gen- yeah uh, anecdotes stories please do send us in because yeah, i think um, um we'd yeah we'd love to hear share our thoughts and it might spark a a memory that we had uh, of a similar story and um it's just nice to know that you're not the same one having dealt in all the same embarrassing moments it's just nice when you know misery and embarrassment loves company so yeah
0: that's true yeah that's true and I mean, um, we've touched a little bit on our sort of history, where we come from. And I would yeah. love to look into the future, look at the present as well, because there's yeah. so much to, to, to delve into. So yeah, but thanks, Sheena, for this first episode Any together. Time. And yeah, we'll be uh, back with more. Back with more. Yeah. Thank you. Bye, guys.
1: <laughs>